All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. Hey, hey, what's good, everybody? It's a Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano, Nick Alberga, and Jay Rosa with you. What's going on, Rosie? How are you, buddy? Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Oh, I can't wait to watch this man tee off exactly when our podcast ends. I'm so excited. My heart is so full this morning. Man, what's the fascination with a guy who plays once every six years now? Like, he's always hurt. There's always an excuse. I love Tiger 15 years ago. Don't get me wrong. But, like, what's the fascination with this guy? Every time he swings the club, I could just watch him walk across the parking lot. Like, don't take the camera off the guy. It is, don't tell me what it is, man. I don't know. But uh, when you're that friggin' unbelievable, you just soak up every chance you get to watch him play golf because it's going to be gone one day here sooner than later. So fans of his just want to see him every shot. It really is incredible because it's it's long removed from the days where this guy and I talked about Michael Schumacher a couple of weeks ago on, on the program, how like every tournament he was wicking, winning back in his heyday, like it was insane. And I think there'll never be anybody like Tiger Woods, but the draw that this guy still brings to any place he golfs is still insane to me because like he's very pedestrian. It's not like the the rest of the tour is concerned or or scared, or scared that Tiger Woods is playing like he. That allure is worn off, no? Well, they've been saying that for years. He won the Masters in 2019. It's not that long ago. I mean, it is the Masters. He's he's Tiger, and like, don't count him out. Every time they count him out, he ends up doing something that's uh, that's special. And just watching the guy, like I've there's an aura about him, man. I went to Pebble Beach to watch him play in in 2010 in the U.S. Open, and just watching that guy get out of his car, come down the steps, and just walk to the putting green. It's just like like I, I could meet. I could meet anybody, man, and not care. Like I could meet Tom Cruise or meet a president and just be like, hey, here's a guy. How you doing? I don't I don't really get all celebrity, but Tiger, I'd just be like, uh, just shaking. I don't know what it is. I'm a I'm a total fanboy. I'm a schoolgirl. I get it because you were excited about a what, what tournament is this? 
This is his, the Hero World wow. Challenge. So it's a down in the Bahamas, no uh, no cut event. And yeah, we'll see what Tigers got. They're going to be watching him every shot, though. Hey, did I tell you, remember last week I was in Jacksonville. Did I tell you that my buddy's house was five minutes away from TPC Sawgrass? No. We drove by it. I'm like, what is that place? He's like, that's TPC Sawgrass. And I guess like the PGA headquarters are in Jacksonville. I had no clue. Like my buddy gave me a bit of a tour around and I'm like, that's TPC Sawgrass. Like I didn't associated with it being in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's down there. Florida's a absolute golf hub, man. Yeah. It's uh, lots to do down there. Lots of courses to play and TPC, the home of the, the players championship obviously is one the prices of those nice courses have gotten absolutely out of control. I remember when Pebble beach was 400 bucks and that was like, Oh my gosh, can you believe it? Now I think like TPC's charging like 650 bucks us. It's just gotten out of control. So kind of shitty when, when regular people want to go play those cool tracks, but is what it is. You ever been to Glen Abbey? No, I haven't been to Glen Abbey. Um, always wanted to. I think Angus Glen is where we had our preseason. I think it was Rattlesnake, uh, no? Golf tournament. I don't know if that's when I was playing. I thought it okay. was uh, Angus Glen, but nonetheless, Maybe. there's some cool courses around there, but I have not played Glen, Glen Abbey. So the funny story about Glen Abbey, my family home, my parents still live there. It's like five minutes away from Glen Abbey, but the closest I've gotten to actually going to that tournament, like like watching it, it's no longer there as we know, but I remember I ran a parking lot one year. My buddy's uncle like ran a business. And I think he owned like a Dairy Queen or something. And he's like, just make sure people don't park here. So what do you think I did? Traded tickets for parking. No, I fucking charged for parking spots. I was like, I dude, I made a, a ton. Like this guy had no clue. I made like $300. Like I did four straight days and I made like 300 bucks a day selling parking spots when I should have been telling people not to park there. It was the funniest screw job of all time. Well, you are a greasy little weasel, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> Very greasy, but uh, it was always an event in, in Oakville every year when some of the best came. Like I remember back in the day, Tiger was like routinely there. I think yeah. it fell in line with with the, the other tournaments on the tour, but Tiger was there, and there was a buzz in the city. And anybody who's been Oakville, Ontario, like it's not it's not the biggest city, uh, but when the tour used to come there, like everybody was ready for it, and people were buzzed and and pumped up about it. But Again, I always like to tell people like Tiger Woods in his heyday. I'm not even a big golf guy. Like there's nothing life like it. Like, I, I was going to ask you, like, what, what's the equivalent in the NHL world? Like who in the NHL world would get would get you feeling that way if you met them? Oh, only Wayne, man. Like yeah. Wayne and only you met Wayne. Wayne. I know. Exactly. And like if we had Tiger on our pod, it would be a different story. But it's just I don't know what it is, man. I like golf a lot. That guy just has some walking legend status. And it just it does suck that his reputation's been so tarnished with the the injuries and the the DUIs and the arrests and the infidelity and the crash in the car and just, Jesus man he's made it hard on himself but uh, he's still grinding away out there putting himself in uh, in tournaments I love it I heard the guys talking about him on Overdrive he's forty eight like I remember when that guy was like twenty five man I know time ticks you're getting old too. I know. It's like, holy shit, what's going on? Nonetheless, we've got a hockey game to talk about here at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcasts. Again, if you're watching right now, I don't know what's going on with the algorithm. We've got a billion people watching the show. Nobody's liking it for some reason. So hammer that like button. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. We just continue to bring the heat on this show. And we're bringing it again today. Speaking of golf, big time golf fan. He's the host of uh, the NHL on TSN. James Duthie's going to pop by in about uh, 20 minutes or so here. 
Love it. We're rolling through the uh, TSN guest panel today, which is awesome. Always good to hear what those guys have to say. And Duffy will be one of the one of the top brings so far. Yes, and we're going to talk about the Maple Leafs and what they do moving forward. Uh, brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25. Uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. So Sheldon Keefe confirming yesterday it was a hand injury. It is a hand injury for Mark Giordano. He'll miss uh, Thursday's game and beyond that. The extent is not yet known. Um, What's your level of concern? Again, we talked about this throughout the last couple weeks. Like This team weathered a big-time storm last November. They're going to have to do it again with three regulars out in the back end. Yeah, it's rough, man. Uh, Tells me that Gio broke his hand. Um, Oh, wow, you're a doctor now. Well, if it's you see Paul A out the 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 head medical trainer there going talking to Sheldon Keefe, giving him the news that made him roll his eyes and say, God damn. Um to me, if it was like a ligament or a, you you don't know, you gotta see how it feels when you wake up, MRI, blah, blah. To me, that's uh you go to the back room, get an x-ray, broken hand, easy, go tell the coach he's out for X amount of time. And that's what it tells me. Um, obviously kind of a guess, but for that to be that kind of a um a report to the bench right away and a hand injury tells me that he probably broke it probably four to four or five weeks, depending on what bone and what top hand, bottom hand, how much pressure that thing takes during the course of a game. So it's brutal, man. Uh, it's the same. It just seems like groundhog day sometimes with this team, you know, with the, the inconsistency and the injuries. And I'm sure all teams go through it. It seems like, you know, the, the Leafs tend to, take it a little bit where they're weak and that's on their back end. So yeah, they're going to have to battle, but on the positive side of things, it gives some guys further down in the depth chart opportunity to, you know, show what you got. A lot of times, um, big contracts, big careers, people's names get, get, you know, made out of opportunity like this where, Oh man, we got a guy that we didn't realize he was ready to take this kind of a jump. And you know, the, the curtain opens, you can take the stage and see what you can do with it. So a big opportunity for some of the guys further down the line to, to step up to this decor and we need them to do so if we're going to keep rallying off wins and, and staying up there in the standings. Rosie called me crazy, but I think the injury to Mark Giordano was a blessing in disguise. Like what was the one takeaway from Gio's postseason? He was, he was tired. He was fatigued mm-hmm. and, I think this allows a 40-year-old to rest. Like, I know that could be an insane take because they need blue liners, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for Gio to be down right now. Like, you need him for the springtime. You need him in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And if this truthfully means a fresher Mark Giordano, I'm all about it, man. I know it's a different stance. It's a different take, but that's the way I looked at it. I'm like, this is actually probably pretty good because they're going to run him into the ground. They were trending that way. Yeah, I mean, you could take it as glasses half full and say that. I don't think if you were to stand here four days ago and say, hey, we can uh, injure Mark Giordano right now or not, you're not <laughs> going to say, no, I think it's best if we do. But since it's happened already, you could look uh, look on the bright side and say, hey, at least he's going to get some rest. I would prefer the rest to come, you know, more in the Mart, month of March type thing, get him some some blows there and uh, management. See if he can rest his body up, but you know, what's going to happen in late November, early December. I don't know, but yeah, you're, you're taking the miles off him for sure. But 
you know, it's, it's, it, it does hurt. He gobbles up some minutes. He plays some solid D he's a guy that you don't notice all the time because he's in the right places and, and clearing the puck out of the front of the net and getting it up ice to the forwards hands. So we'll see. It's uh it's going to be some healing. And like I said, some guys need to step up uh, just the way they did last year as well and, and hold down that back end. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, I think the team really, really rallied last year with uh, the notable injuries to Morgan Riley, TJ Brody. And uh, luckily for them, like Riley's still in the mix and uh, he's been incredible. I thought he's fantastic the other night. TJ Brody obviously needs to step up. Jake McCabe, like those are the big three horses they're going to ride here in the interim with all these injuries. But I do see a pathway. Like, I know everybody's talking about a trade. They want to trade this and trade that. But last time I checked, Calgary's winning games. Who else are you going to deal with? The Columbus Blue Jackets? Like, I think it's way too early. We're at the quarter pole of the season where anybody outside of San Jose and Chicago are going to throw the towel. I think you're insane. I, I think that the long game has to be the play here for Bradtree Living and Company, unless you want to hit the waiver wire. And there really hasn't been any appetizing names for me on the waiver wire. And then if you have the waiver wire, you got to make decisions when guys come back. Like, it, it becomes more difficult from that aspect, especially for a team in the cap world. I, I think you have to exercise patience here. I know everybody's calling for a trade. I, I just don't think it's that easy, Rosie. No, it's not. And I mean, the waiver wire, you're not going to get anyone of, of real value on it or they wouldn't be on the waiver wire. You want someone, you know, in the position of Calgary, like with how many guys do they have on their back end that are coming up pending UFAs? Some of them have already asked for trades. And to me, I don't really think it matters. I want to ask Duffy about this, but whether they're in a playoff hunt or not, they're not going to go. They're not going to be Stanley Cup contenders. They're not going to hold these guys and lose them for nothing just for the sake of sneaking into the first round. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened. I, I do like how last year they rallied. We, we put some... Uh, some runs together, got some wins with some depleted lineups and, you know, goaltending situation. If you remember with Shalgren coming in and really holding down the fort and keeping us in position, we need more of that this year, but injuries are inevitable. But like you say, McCabe and Brody, um, Morgan Riley, those guys got to step up in a leadership sense too. They got to take control out there and, and really have that veteran presence that you're going to be missing with Gio out of the lineup. It's pretty simple. Why Calgary would wait like a team like Calgary would wait till the deadline. Number one, Teams will accrue more cap space. Um, I think more teams would be involved and teams would probably give you more than you're expecting or getting right now just because of the lack of cap space around the league. Like, I think it's pretty simple. I'm right there with you. Like Calgary, if you're thinking you're winning a Stanley Cup this year outside of Ryan Pinder, uh, you're sadly mistaken. It's just not happening for that team. That's a shot at Pinder, by the way. But like, I totally agree. I just don't think Craig Conroy is going to be forced into a decision to trade a Tanev, to trade a Hannafin, the trade is a door off right now. Like I, I think you want to build up a market and obviously the other side can come at you and say, Hey, well, Tanev plays the game so hard. He's jumping in front of pucks, taking it to the face. He could get hurt, but you could say that about every player in the league before they get traded. No. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the ball's in Calgary's court, right? Sure, and that's yeah. probably the problem with tree living. You know that he's already worked the phones, expressed, you know, some interest and tested the waters and he doesn't want to come off desperate or, you know, mm -hmm. whoever he's dealing with is going to rake him over the coals. So that's probably why it's nothing's happened yet. Um, it is rare to have a big blockbuster happen unless both both sides can see a major benefit of pulling the trigger at that particular time. And like you say, I just don't think, I just don't think Conroy has a, a huge reason to pull the trigger right now. Like the only reason he would is because um, tree living would be begging him to do so. And why yeah, would he do that? It's just going to put him in a, a vulnerable position to not get as much back in uh, 
in return or to rake them over the coals and have the lopsided deal. So it's probably going to be, you know, after Christmas type thing. And, and like we said, we're going to need other guys in the lineup and the depth chart to step up and, uh, and get it done for the foreseeable future while we got these injuries. Yeah, I think you have to simplify your game. I think there's going to be an assessment period for Brad Tree Living to see, hey, what do I truly have? Can we get by with this lineup and then go from there? As you see on your screen in a piece for Daily Faceoff, uh, Matt Larkin outlines seven potential D options. He's got Chris Tanev, Andrew Peak of Columbus, Alex Carrier, Nikita Zdorov, also of Calgary, Will Borgen of Seattle, who you might see tonight, uh, Mario Ferraro with San Jose, Travis Sanheim comes with hefty term and money on his deal. So suffice it is to say, there's not many names outside of the guys that everybody wants, right? Like, I know we're in a bubble here in Toronto, but everybody wants Adorov. Everybody wants Tanev. Like, these are going to be the hotly contested names in the back end leading up to the deadline, unfortunately. Like, it just doesn't mean the Leafs are going to get these guys because they're interested. Yeah, and I've been talking to people in the league, and they're like, don't get... They're like, don't get Zadorov, man. He's yeah, he, he makes the big hit once <laughs> in a while to move the puck. Oh, just sources, you know, secret sources. <laughs> but they're like, oh, he goes brain dead out there all the time. Like, you don't. Uh, I wouldn't put a lot of faith in him. Um, Hannafin and uh, Tanev, I think, are are better choices from what people are saying. I might be going to the Flames game tonight. Okay. They are playing the Dallas Stars, so I'm going to get some uh, some firsthand scouting for this pod, and I'll let you know what I find out. Wow, that's that's great information. So uh, bring it's that to the table next week, because you're not with me till Tuesday now, right? It's a level of commitment that I that yeah. I put in. It's my time. It's my personal yeah. personal time. But you know, I'm committed to this podcast and to this team, and I'm going to do my best for him. If I look up the word commitment, I would find that ugly mug of Jay Rosehill. That is accurate information. Uh, Dave Brotherston writes in, Calgary will probably want Minton or Cowan from us. That will be the hard part. Yeah, that's that's a big topic of conversation in this market right now, too, is like, yeah, you want to make a trade, but what are you ready to give up? Like, how much does the brain trust believe in this Maple Leafs team? That's the question, too, right? Like, you want to get some of these guys, are you going to depart with a Minton, an Easton Cowan? You scoffed earlier in the year when I brought it up, Easton Cowan. Are they looping this guy up for a trade? Hell yeah, they are. Like, who are they going to give up, right? Well, you don't get anything for free in this business. You know, you no. got to give give something of value. And I imagine it will be something in the prospect uh, chart because the Calgary Flames, you know, they might need to get a, a refreshed looking roster. Um, they've had some, some turnover in the last couple of years that almost looked promising and Flames fans had a reason to stay excited, even though with the departure of a couple of key pieces, it has not worked out for them. I know they're playing a little bit better here recently, but man, they were, they went from like a powerhouse in the West to a, like a disgraceful start and they got issues all over the place. So I wonder what they're going to want, but I imagine it'll be someone for their kind of, I guess if you want to call it a rebuild or the yeah. restructuring and get some young guys that can come in there, they'll be in a new building in the next few years. And I think they'll want to start that off with a bit of a bang and you're not going to, they're not going to be giving away their, their prime D man for free. I promise you that Calgary's in a good spot. I tell you, whenever the Toronto Maple Leafs are involved, the price tag goes up like tenfold. Uh, I think Craig Conboy is in a really, really good uh, spot when it comes to some of his pending UFAD. If he wants to move them, Tammy writes in, I'd give up Minton. That's the conversation I'm sure we'll have over the next couple months leading up to the trade deadline. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year with the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool. Sign up to play the Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool to win weekly prizes like the new chicken strips and French toast sticks from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Head on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to play today. Daily Face-Off Survivor. 
Kraken.com. So it's the Leafs and the Kraken. And uh, Rosie, Toronto's taken three of four lifetime meetings with the Kraken. Ah, irrelevant to me. To me, it's all, what have you done for me lately? Who's playing? Who's playing hot at the moment? Who's got the injuries? Who's got the reason to be chomping at the bit? We'll see. I think it'll uh, it'll probably be a pretty good close match game. Um, the Kraken's not lighting the world on fire by any stretch, but neither have the Toronto Maple Leafs. But like we talked about yesterday, the consistency and, and the attitude towards the game and the work ethic and the intensity level, if they can find a little bit of that, um, they can put some pieces together here to, to go on a run. But uh Man, they, they've they've got to shore up their consistency. We've talked about it at nauseum, and uh, today's a good opportunity to try to put down a good sixty-minute effort and put a foundation down to start playing well going into the Christmas uh, the Christmas season here. Lineup notes uh, looks like Bobby McMahon's going to come back in for Ryan Reeves, so I think they're being really, really much more useful and timely and smart. I would say with the deployment of Ryan Reeves, you don't have to play him every game. And I think you're going to get the best set of Ryan Reeves when he's not in the lineup every night. And so it looks like he's going to draw out. McMahon's going to draw in the back end, at least at the morning skate, Riley Brody, Legison, McCabe and Benoit and Timmons. And it looks like Joseph Wall is going to make his third consecutive starts. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it looks like he's stepped up and taken the starting position right now. Um, We've said this before. They're probably going to ride with the hot hand. What's the point? Like, why not? Right. These kids young as could be, um, you're not going to mile them out or risk injury. I mean, Jesus, they're professional athletes in 2023. Their bodies are good to go. He's a young kid and he's playing well. He's gaining experience and he's gaining confidence. And, you know, like we said, coming out of training camp, they got two goalies that have potential to compete. And whoever's the one that's showing that they're competing at that point in time is probably the one that's going to take the crease. So understandably, so walls back in for his third game in a row. He's looked solid. That was a, a cringe, cringe outing. I would say for Ilya Samsonov on Friday, where like n- no disrespect to Jason Dickinson, who had the Hattie in that game, but a couple of those shots, I'm like, I'm pretty sure my beer league goaltender could have stopped that. I don't, I don't know what's gone on with they Ilya Samsonov. I don't know bad. if it's cont- I don't know if it's contention from, you know, the uh, the meeting with the arbitrator in the offseason, but man, he has had his struggles big time. He's feeling it. Well, he sure was at the beginning. He was struggling all right, and we've seen signs of him regaining some confidence and sure looking a little bit sharper. But yeah, it took, I don't know if you want to call it a, a step back there, that one game, and I don't think they were that bad. It was just one of those games where you were like, you didn't make that one extra save. Like, I, I feel bad for goalies sometimes because sometimes it's just like, like that one save that squeaks in where you're like, God, I didn't think he was going to shoot or the D man's leg was, was blocking my view of, of the, the puck and the guys release these days are so quick. And it's like, damn it. That one little stop that maybe you normally would make can seriously be the difference between getting into overtime or, or winning that game by one or whatever the case is. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think it was as bad as maybe some people were calling it out but yeah we would have wanted one extra save from Sammy there but I, I again hope that he's working on his confidence and I want to see him in there again because that's the only way yeah. you're going to get it back the more times you sit there and watch hockey you're just going to sit there and your your mind's going to churn and you're going to work yourself up so I want to see him in some games here soon but like I said it makes sense to ride wool right now uh, would you make the decision before the game or after the game when it comes to Saturday in Boston? Like you have to get Samsonov back in there, right? If you look at the Boston game, that's going to be eight days after Samsonov has last played a game. 
I know, and it's Boston too, right? So it's tough. It's opportunity. You get that win against Boston. That's a, a huge, you know, pat on the back for Sammy, but also a chance to take a step back with a team like them to light them up. And it's hard, man. And yeah, you know, on the flip side of the coin, you could throw Sammy in tonight, try to get him a win, and then have a, you know, have your hot starter right now. Wool ready for Boston. That's another way to look at it. Obviously, well, Wool starting tonight, so. I know I'm saying on the flip oh, side, if you want to talk about oh, what you could have done, you. but yeah. yeah, their minds made up and, uh, yeah. I don't know. Are you going to, are you going to ride wool the whole weekend? And just say, Sammy, you're backing up right now until, until yeah. you get notified. Otherwise it's tough to say. No one's got a crystal yeah. ball. No one knows how it can work, but I do know that Sammy's not going to get any better or gain any confidence by sitting on the bench. Yeah, it's an interesting combo because after Saturday, they don't play till next Thursday against Ottawa. So we're talking it could be two weeks between starts potentially for Ilya Samsonov. And that, that's the fine line you got to ride as a head coach, right? Yeah. And like the more we talk about it, the more like I'd probably be on board with them doing Sammy tonight and saving Wolf for Saturday. It's uh but yeah, maybe they're just gonna ride both and say, Hey, we're going with who's hot. I mean, the season's long, Sammy's gonna be fine. But ah, they've decided not to do that. So I am actually interested on who they're going to go with uh, on Saturday. And it, if it depends on if we get the win or not, like say we lose and, and Wool looks average, do you go right to Sammy? Or It's it's difficult, man. And it's it's a tough decision. I'm kind of glad I don't have to make it. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting one for Sheldon Keefe and company. Uh, of note, too, uh, Seattle has allowed 80 goals in 24 games. That's third worst in the league. You know, you wow. hear that, but then I wonder if both teams could have a complete buy-in similar to the other night where it's like, we're going to play defensive hockey tonight. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That was kind of rare, man. That was odd to just yeah. to see like a one nothing the whole time, one one go to overtime. But uh, I'm gonna say that that is the exception. I'm gonna hammer the okay. over tonight. Okay. I think the you know the Leafs are capable of doing anything on the defensive side. They are depleted on the back end, and Wool's looking good. But you know he's not necessarily a savior. And the firepower up front, we could light the lamp. So. Uh, like you say, cracking, letting a lot of goals. I'm I'm hitting the over tonight. I know I should have saved that for the Botano wrap up, but hey, I'm saying it right now. It's okay. We'll have other plays for that as well. There's a couple of things I like in that Leafs game. Uh, the following interview is brought to you by Sober Carpenter. Hold the alcohol, keep the flavor, enjoy a range of non-alcoholic beers so good that you'll think it's the real thing. Look for Sober Carpenter at Sobeys, Loblaws, Whole Foods, Metro Farm Boy, and other retailers today. As you bring in today's guest again from the TSN panel, we're two for two this week. It is James Duthie. Uh, JD, how's it going, buddy? Good, boys. How you doing? 
Fantastic. Uh, we were just having this conversation about the net mining, and it looks like Joseph Wall, you're going to be on the panel tonight. It looks like Joseph Wall is going to start this game. Do, do you think they need to find a way to sprinkle in a Samsonov on Saturday against Boston, or is that a decision you make after this one? I think you make it after this one, and I don't think there's any immediate need. Do, oh, like, if that's a in a big picture question, yes, you need to sprinkle him in. But I think you're at the point where it would be nice if one guy could play, you know, five out of six or four out of five, you know, over a stretch that goes 15 games or something like that. Maybe Sheldon Keefe doesn't agree with that. But I just feel like this team has kind of been longing for a guy who's going to take the reins a little bit this season. And I think everything is pointed to Wool for most of it, right? I mean, he's had a couple of off nights, but he's been you know, measurably better than Samson off through the entire season. And if he plays the way he played the other night or close to it tonight, I don't know why you wouldn't start him again on Saturday. Yeah. James, how much do you think the the Leafs are watching the standings? I mean, they're so used in the last few years to just be dominating the regular season, be right up there, hundred plus point seasons. It's not really looking that way. I think their division's a lot, a lot stronger than they thought. Do you think when they're messing around with goaltenders trying to get Samson off going, are they kind of losing sight of where they where they land in the, in the standings these days. I think there's something to that, that they're so used to it, not being an issue. Like playoff races haven't really existed for the Leafs in what, like five years or something like that now. Yeah. And not saying there will be one this year, but uh, I think that that's a valid point, like not a concern right now. And I don't think they're really concerned, but if we get to Christmas time and it's still, you know, you know, it's somewhat dicey where they're, you know, technically out of a spot or just sitting in a wild card spot or whatever, then yeah, I think they they have to start to get into who gives us a chance to win every single night the best chance and not worry about the other thing. I mean, if if Joe Wool can go on a run like this and look like he's a a first string goalie, then why forget the tandem thing? You don't need the tandem thing anymore. He's your guy now, and you mix off you mix in Samson off like you would any other backup. I do. I think that's. And that's not rocket science to figure that out, right? But they're not at that position there. But if they get there and they have a first string, boom. There's not there's no rule that said when you started the season on a tandem that it had to be a tandem all season long. If one guy was gonna go grab it and, and become the starter, then let him go grab it. Of course, like I said, that hasn't happened yet, but I think it has the potential with Wolf. James, don't check your Twitter account. The analytics community is going to come after you for that take. But you're so right. Uh, just ride the hot hand. Uh, I wanted to ask you, too, five regulation wins in 20 games. If you guys can believe it, that's as many as the lowly San Jose Sharks. Uh, how much should we read into that number, James? I, I think it's significant. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not a massive stat because they're winning enough in overtime and the shootout. But that we we put that up graphically on our show the other night when we were the, doing the game on Tuesday night. And it's really shocking when you when you look at the top teams in the league who are all around 13, 12, 14 regulation wins, and you see Toronto tied at that, that night was 27th with San Jose and five, and I think there was only three teams under them. That I mean, that, that's shocking to look at because of what we just talked about, because they've been such a regular season juggernaut for the last half decade or so. So... I think it does. It does say something. And I mean, you guys talk about it for hours every morning, so I'm not going to say anything you haven't said. It's been just a it's it's been such a strange season because they haven't been bad at all. And there have been some really positive things, but it's just they just have left you wanting more. 
And, and I think that's sort of reflective in, in that number of five regulation wins. There's so many nights where, you know, the Chicago game is probably the perfect example where it's three to one and you're playing Chicago and you go, this should be a five, one win with no doubt in the third period whatsoever. And they end up, and they end up losing that hockey game. I, th- I think that sort of thing happens just a little bit too much for a team that should be much better than that. For sure. James, switching gears a little bit, the Flames have got not just one or two, they've got multiple defensemen coming up at UFA that could be potential trade bait. Since there's more than one, do you think there's potential of something to get done before the deadline? And also, having Tree Living's background with the Calgary Flames, do you think that helps or hinders him in trying to get something done with that organization? I think it probably helps. And I love, you know, you're hearing a lot. You know, our guy, Frankie Corrado, was saying it yesterday that if you could find a way to get Zadorov and Tanev, that would be amazing. But I, I bet you Calgary's just chuckling at that, going, okay, well, then what are you going to give us? Because if you're going to take two really good defensemen, I think, you know, and this happens in every market, we underestimate what the price for that would would be, right? I think, yeah. I think that be a monumental price for the Leafs to pay. I'd be really interested to see the deal, what the deal would look like, but I think it would be a lot. And I think that would take a a little miracle to pull off both salary cap wise and asset wise for Toronto. Uh, Unless you're, you know, Calgary's going to ask for something that Leaf fans would go, what? You're not getting that. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but that's what Calgary will ask for. And, um, so that'll be that would be fascinating. Like, I would would you be shocked if Calgary didn't ask for like Mitch Marner if you're going to want both of those defensemen? That's that's what they, they you might think? ask for. I think they're going to go young, like Minton Cowan. That's where I would go. Okay, but is is Minton Cowan, uh, you know, in a first rounder? Is that is that going to do it? I, I don't know. Like, I I I can't put my head on. Uh, I just know Calgary. I think will ask for the world and something like that. Yeah, no, not no to speak reason for you, but. We, we want those trades early, to happen like, in a couple months, right? Before Trade Center, no? Got it. None of this crap, but like no December trades. <laughs> right on, what is what's the date this year? I don't even know. February, whatever the heck it is. <laughs> Not even like the weekend before, just the morning of, right? Yeah. That's no, I want to save everything for. That. So uh, for living might ruin my, my trade deadline that way, I think. And I wouldn't blame him because... You know, I don't know how long Geo is going to be out, but they're they're going to have to do something here, at least make some sort of move. I think before Christmas. You think pulling? Up, I mean, it's age old question. It seems like now, but do you get anything done to get this team to an actual Stanley Cup contender without breaking up those those big four guys? Like salary cap wise, just trade bait wise, how do you get something done where you make your team substantially better and you think we can run at the cup this year? Which it just consistently doesn't seem like they have it on the back end. But without breaking those four guys up, how, is that is there a way to even do that? By the way, can you hear it? My wife has decided to, just as the moment I went on, start uh, like painting the room. No, we're good. We're good. What is like incredibly loud in my house, but this is what happens all the time. Um, well, look, at, if if we're playing fantasy world and they were able to get those two defensemen from Calgary with what you're talking about, just, a, a, you know, prospects and picks and all that, I think the team would look really different with a couple of guys like that on the back end. And you get back to, you know, somebody like Gio playing in a third pair and playing 
you know, eight or 10 minutes a night and a lot of pressure off Morgan Riley, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I do think it would take, it would take, a, it would take two things. It would take a substantial shakeup in the D where you add two large, really solid defensive defensemen and B that Joe Wool or Samson off, but I'll say Wool as the most likelihood becomes an, if not elite goaltender, a really solid, dependable number one goaltender. And, and the forwards, those core four forwards all stay healthy. If all those things happen, then I think, yeah, I think that come the spring, they're as legitimate as anybody else. The one thing about the East is there's some really good teams in the East and it's a good conference, but there's not, you know, there's not any juggernauts, I don't think right now. And so I foresee a playoffs that could be, you know, I think New Jersey will figure things out. I think the Rangers will be a force. Florida still looks really good. Uh, I don't know, you know, Boston is overachieved so far and has stepped a little bit back right now, but uh, I don't see anybody that you go, oh my goodness, we have no chance at beating those guys if if those other things happen. As it stands right now, they don't look like a cup contender whatsoever. Like if you were to if you were to say the contenders in the East right now, I you know I'd name whatever three four those teams I mentioned at the top, and the Leafs would stand sort of in that second tier with a bunch of others right now, and just because of that back. They, I don't think they've shown anything that would say otherwise. But again, it's, you know, the end of November. So, yeah, I know Odog always makes the comment that he doesn't think they're a serious team. And I tend to agree. And I think consistency is the big word we're looking for from this team where it's like, James, you look at some of the better teams in this league, the Colorados, the whoever's like, you know what you're going to get more times than not. Yeah, they're going to have their stinkers. Yeah, we overreact to shitty losses to Chicago. But more times than not, you know what you're going to expect. From this Leafs team, I have no clue who's going to come out against Seattle. I have no clue who's going to come out against Boston. And that's what scares the hell out of me. Yeah, I think you speak for every single Leafs fan. Certainly yeah. all the ones every day. And, you know, we sit there and and we're the same way. We sit there and do pregame shows for these games. And it, it's just really hard to know what you're going to get. If I, if I was to take glass half full, you know, maybe they've... Uh, and and this is a reach here, but you know maybe they figure out that playoffs is all that matters, and they're not going to put you know pedal to the floor for the entire season and and break records for for wins and points in the regular season. They're going to sort of meander their way through December, January, and start kicking it into gear. Maybe come March and and be ready come playoff time. That's what. You know, I guess that's all you can hope for right now is that they'll do something like that. But but uh, yeah, it's just it's a really it's a really weird team to watch on a night to night basis. But you know what? It's a lot worse. Right. There's still a ton of talent there. They're still in a decent position. It's not Edmonton where they're having to dig themselves out of some massive hole with a start like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I I think it's. You know, it, it's all of them are really valid concerns, uh, but I think they're still in a decent position with a ton of time to turn it around and make some roster changes that'll help. If anything, it infuriates people more knowing this team has had such a sluggish start and yet they have the record they do. Uh, lastly, I just want to ask you, I know you're a family man. Uh, the All-Star Game is coming to Toronto in a couple of months. Uh, how excited are you for that, to share that with your, your friends, your family and everybody involved and just sort of watching uh, some of the best players in the world come to town here? Yeah, I think it's great. I love it when it's in Canada. Um, I, when I used to go, uh, I'd love it more when it was in places like Nashville or whatever. Oh, right? me too. I just, 
because you wanted that road trip somewhere. Yes. <laughs> All-star is because I cover um, other sports, including the Super Bowl, I usually leave for Super Bowl on like the Saturday of All-Star weekend. True. And always, I haven't checked the schedule this year, but I, it's usually the weekend before uh, the, All- uh, the Super Bowl. And so I get maybe like the Friday night, maybe I get the skills or something, and then I'm on a plane to, uh, in this case, Las Vegas for, for the Super Bowl. So I'll miss that. I'm not a huge fan of the game itself. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I miss that. But, and the skills are so, they're hit and miss. That was, you know, that's still one of the things that, that, that bothers me about, shouldn't say bothers me, because I, I, I love hockey players that they're modest and, and yeah. team. I think that's why we adore them in the sport. But it doesn't really suit an all-star format where you want guys showing off and being brash and being bold. And that's the point where I still think we haven't quite figured out the skills. They've tried so many different things. And, but I'll you know, it's watch it for that one or two good moments that you get out of it. Well, we'll but see James, what, if, what if one of the guys has a big goofy hat and some big fancy sunglasses on? Don't you just, don't you just stand there and clap and, uh, and just, I, was well, I, up? I take responsibility, I think more than credit. Uh, for back in the day, I, I pushed really hard for that shootout. Like, uh, slam dunk contest style yeah uh, back when it was when it was formed and then when it you know it's semi-flopped semi-okay some of my colleagues were making giving me the blame for that but i still think there's potential uh it just like i said it's it, uh, that part of it at least they're showing some sort of personality right and yeah true and, yeah it's the drops on. back too we're looking forward to that uh james really really appreciate your time today we'll talk soon enjoy the game tonight okay Apologize to you and your listeners for the complete home renovation going on in the back. <laughs> hey, your okay. wife's working hard in the background. No complaints. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks, James. The one and only James Duthie uh, graciously giving us some time here on the show. I feel so bad for him. He's going to Vegas for the Super Bowl, but still, yeah, it's uh, it's intriguing, right? With uh, All-Star Weekend, we talked about the drafts back too. who's going to be the last pick. But I, I think I was more so angling for like that. The media party. Have you been to an all-star weekend before in the NHL? No, I haven't done any extracurriculars uh, with the NHL. So I'm excited to be there in uh, early February and see what it's all about. Be behind the scenes. It'll be a different look, but uh, pretty pumped. It's going to be in Toronto and our show's Toronto based. I think we'll be yeah. doing some live shows from it. It's going to be exciting, man. I'm pumped. Yeah, we're, we've got a lot planned, actually, that it's in the works for all-star weekend. And I, you know, I already got word of some parties happening, dude, like Thursday. Friday, Saturday. So bring a healthy liver for that weekend, Rosie. It's it's going to be a fest, man. Like I'm going to start uh, training for that weekend like soon. Oh boy. I'm going to try to sneak a couple sober carpenters in and uh, yeah, maybe try to, keep it on the, try to keep it on the rails. Fair enough. Brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the best sportsbook operator of the year and best in-place sports operator awards. The game starts now. So Seattle's in town for this one, the Kraken. 8, 10, and 5, the Leafs 11, 6, and 3, the first of two meetings this season. Again, Toronto, 3, 1, and 0 all time. couple things I'm looking at. I like the under in this game. I like an Austin Matthews goal because the guy's been in a milk carton lately. And uh, I like the Leafs in regulation. Uh, I think it's a bigger story than James let on. They have five regulation victories in 20 games. Like, you're you're there with the San Jose Sharks. They... They need to find that Mariano Rivera, if you're unfamiliar with the baseball term, he is the best closer in baseball history. 
they got to find that close in them. They got to find it, man. They, none of this bullshit. You're leading, you blow it, you win it at OT, you win in the skills competition. I want to see a consistent effort tonight, a team rallying cry with Gio going down. Yeah, you want to start to see some regulation wins with, uh, you know, even covering the spread and whatnot, couple goal wins, have a comfortable lead for once, but this eking, the, eking it out barely against teams that are supposed to be mediocre compared to you, it's not good enough. And uh, I'd like to see them take off, maybe blow a team out for once. I'd hate to not tail you, but I'm taking the over in this one. Um, I Like you said, the, the, uh, the amount of goals that the Kraken have been let, score on them i think with the firepower of the leafs they could go off and anything can happen in their own zone as we know so i'm taking the over i'm sorry but i guess we can battle that out no that's fine we always don't have to agree man and uh i know danny writes in in regulation that's bold nick it is very bold considering this team (laughs) never wins in regulation but i'm trying to find the most value possible and I think we're bound to see an effort for the Leafs we don't expect. Again, they're consistently inconsistent. I have no clue which team's going to show up on any given night. But on paper, they're better than Seattle. They've proven in the past they're better than Seattle. they got to flex their muscles. The Kraken have surrendered 80 goals in 24 games. But again, I think the attention to detail defensively could be there more tonight. Again, with Toronto missing so many D. The Kraken know that number. That's why I'm trending towards the under. But I just uh, at the end of the day, I just want to see a Leafs victory. And I want to see something from Mitch Marner. I don't know if you saw this from the morning skate, but he's advanced from the birdcage. He's gone the full J. Rose Hill visor with with the chin strap. That's a weird combination, man. The chin guard. Yeah, it's just basically his regular bucket with a little protection around that jaw. Um, you know, the puck, it's a bad area to take a puck. It's just pure bone. It hits hard enough to explode your skin and get a bunch of zippers. It would be sore. I'm not going to rag on him for wearing that. It's... uh. I imagine he'll wear it maybe this weekend and then it'll be gone. At least it should be. But uh, understandably, man, you take a hard shot right in the chin and blow yourself up. Frick, it's it's hard to eat. It's hard to open. And then, you know, some guy blows his shoulder into that in the corner. It's it's no good. So a piece of protection. Hey, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Sheldon Keefe on wall getting a third consecutive start tonight. He just looks confident and comfortable in the net. He was not had. Uh, he has not had a dip in either of those two games. The two good ones in a row. It makes that decision somewhat easy. I take that as shade towards Ilya Samsonov, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look at everything as shade. So I will ride with Wool. I just think they got to find a way to get Sammy going. Like you need both guys. And I'll be honest, I'm pretty stunned that 20 games through this season we've yet to see Martin Jones. So this is a great development to begin with because there hasn't been a goalie injury. Knock on wood. As I say that, damn it, damn it. Hmm. Yeah, it is what it is. At least you got a, a third string that's that's capable. And yeah, like Duthie says, man, there's nothing written in stone that you have to switch hit these guys. You call Wool your starter for the and, and you know let Sammy rest and not get miles on the body. Keep working with the the goaltending coach, working in the gym, and when he does get his chance, maybe he'll have a little different mindset or a different feel in between the pipes and and stand on his head and get him going for a while. It's 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 fine with me, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Wool both games this weekend. This is going to set you off. <laughs> Mr. P-Mail Bacon, can, can Batano get Rosie a computer? <laughs> <laughs> There's one coming. There's one coming. Well, I know it's laggy, man. It's, it's We've done handled, everything to folks. fix it. We'll yeah. be fixing it soon. That's a promise. We're, we're, very, we're very aware of the technical issues on this podcast, and don't worry, they will be resolved. 
Uh, Rosie's got Windows 95 over there, but don't worry. It's going to be handled. It's going to be handled. I got what they gave me. It's going to get fixed. <laughs> I said this a couple months back, or maybe it's like a month ago. I'm like, you want to piss somebody off? Tell them their computer shit or tell them their internet shit. Like that's when you, you find like peak pissed off person. I'm not kidding, man. If you go to somebody's place, like, wow, your internet really is slow. And like, no, it's not. I got perfect performance. Uh, well, I ran the speed test and the numbers are good. So it's got nothing to do with that. I think it's just a little bit of hardware issue. I mean, we're getting to the point where we're linking in guys from Toronto. We got guys from the panel. I mean, we're over overloading this baby so we're gonna step up the juice here very soon if you glitch in person i think we have a big time problem so we'll leave it at that rosie i know you're off for the next couple i mentioned on yesterday's podcast bruce boudreau those are big skates to fill for him he's filling in on friday and monday we're gonna have gord stelic and part of a round table coming up on monday so gabby's filling in the next couple days i guess i'll talk to you on tuesday Actually, this might be my last show with the glitching that's happening and my replacement. It's uh, scary times. I'll be I'll be very uh, on edge waiting to see how it goes and see if my chair is still available to me on Tuesday. Well, luckily for you, uh, you have a full no movement clause because uh, we have Kyle Dubas working for us. And he's like, you know what? Everybody and their mother, producer Aaron's got a no movement clause. So everybody's safe at this company. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Well, have a well, good weekend, everybody. Right. And uh, enjoy Gabby. Love it. A dejected Jay Rosehill <laughs> with technology not on his side right now. He's losing his mind. It's okay, folks. We'll figure this out. That's Jay Rosehill. Many thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys have been fantastic once again this week. Again, one final reminder, smash that like button. Hit us with a, a subscription as well at the Leafs Nation 401, at the Leafs Nation 401. Just search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast as well will pop up. And many thanks to producer Aaron as well as James Duthie, our guest here on the show today. So it's Nick Alberga and Bruce Boudreaux tomorrow for Jay Rosell. I'm Nick Alberga, and we'll talk on Friday. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.